Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 204. We're going to start a new series this week. We're going to get into that in a second. But before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus nine rocket tech the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And as always, take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to save that additional 20% on an already great uh, product. And we've been talking on Everything Fast Pitch that uh, Anderson is providing us with a bat and a glove to give away to patrons. That takes us to our patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. If you're in a position where you can help us, if you see value in what we're doing, we would love for you to become a patron. Please come on board. Um, it's $5, 10 or $20 a month. Um, and we would certainly love to have the additional support, additional help. We want to say thank you very much to all of our current patrons. All of you have done a great job of supporting the podcast and keeping us in business. Um, we're so close to breaking even. We just need a couple more people to come on board, and this thing can be self-sustaining for a while, which would really be a nice change of pace. Um, the idea that Stan had that I think is a great one, we're going to start today going around the field talking about coaching ideas and, and important things to be thinking about while coaching each of the different positions. Being that we're not very creative, we're just going to go through the position numbers. We're going to start with the old number one, the pitching position. And here's one of the reasons why I think this series has a lot of potential. All the positions have certain specific things that are very important to them that make those positions uh, something special. But I think that all of them also have some different niches and some different nooks and crannies that make them a little bit Something different unique. from some other positions. And so yeah. I think we need to be thinking about when we're putting together our practices, when we're thinking about how we're going to work with those specific players that play those different positions, we're thinking about the different things that are really important. So when we think about pitching, obviously job number one for the pitcher is throwing pitches. Right. So a certain amount of all of our thinking about what we're doing with our pitchers has to be on the preparation and knowing that they're 100% prepared to step on the mound and pitch effectively, throw strikes, get hitters out, you know, work ahead in the count, all those things that we think are important for pitchers to do. But the pitching position is a little bit different for most of us because the vast majority of us coaching the pitchers on game day are not the primary instructor that the pitcher's dealing with in their training. And so I think that already kind of sets us up for an interesting discussion about the pitching position. I was going to say, Tori, that's almost 90% of the time that the coach is not the one that's training right. the pitcher. So, yeah, And even in the college setting now, most of the college programs have a pitching coach. Right. So the person that's, I guess, establishing the, the practice guidelines needs to be in tune with the things that they're doing prior to getting their uh, right. practice, right? Yeah. So I think that's an important part. Number one is knowing what the pitcher's workload is before they get to practice, how much they've already thrown, kind of what their training regimen looks like, so that when we're thinking about what they're going to do in practice, from a pitching perspective, fits into an overall plan, you know, an overall picture of what that pitcher needs to be doing to be ready to pitch on, you know, Thursday or Friday or Sunday or whenever our next game might be. 
And unfortunately, this is an area that I think sometimes we get off track because in some situations, we don't have a really good communication built up between the pitching coach, you know, the pitching instructor and the coaches of the teams. And so a lot of times I think we're basing a lot of our decision-making on what the parents are saying, what the players saying, kind of what the player might really want to do versus what they really should be doing. So I think our first obligation is to get as big a handle, as much a handle as we can on what that pitcher is already doing. So we don't set ourselves up for a heartbreaking situation where we pile on with so much more work at practice that the pitcher's not going to be effective come game day. Yeah, because there is a lot lot of other things that are important from that pitching uh, circle, from fielding balls to backup routines for, for balls that are hitting the outfield and pop-up communication and yeah. um, just a, a ton of different things that uh, that need to be covered as well. Right. But, you know, I don't know if a, a pitching journal, if you can hand your journal to the coach and they can look and go, okay, it's been four days since you've thrown, so whatever, you know, we have planned right. will be appropriate. Well, yeah. and, and some sort of, uh, like we said earlier, an overall plan that makes sense for the player's preparation. So I think that's just got to be job one. So uh, actually getting ready to step on the mound and throw pitches is one part of it. Now you touched on a bunch of the other stuff that also should be figured into and built into our practice routine. One of the traps that I see a lot of pitchers falling into is they spend so much time on the pitching that they don't spend enough time on some of the other stuff. Right. So sometimes, you know, we have, you know, pitchers that are, you know, depending upon the level and the development of the team. You know, sometimes we have a pitcher who is by far the best player, overall player on the entire team and is a great fielder and is a great hitter and is a great base runner and all those kinds of things. We have the other extreme where the pitcher is almost like a, a statue of a, of a player that just has the ability to pitch really well. Right. And somewhere in between is where most kids fall. But so now just a quick review. So the pitching part for some of our pitchers, that might mean they don't pitch at all at practice because they've already done enough pitching work on their own. They might spend a little bit of time pitching at practice. They might spend a little bit of time pitching with whoever is in charge of our pitching on our team, um, whether it's the head coach or another coach on, on pitch calling and stuff like that. There might be a little bit of chalk talk or a little bit of uh, melding of the minds to make sure that we're kind of all on the same page for what's working well, what you know that, that kind of stuff. But so we have to have a, that part of the plan figured out and make sure that we're managing that really well. Then from that point on, we have to make sure that everybody who pitches on our team gets practice at the other stuff and work on the other stuff that we really want them to be able to do. And here's the one thing that I'm going to say, and this is going to sound like blasphemy to some of our coaches, way too many of you are pigeonholing pitchers into the pitcher-only scenario scenario way too early way too young here's the way i think about this game there's three things that are fun hitting running and playing defense so for the pitcher pitching and hopefully fielding to take some of those things away from that pitcher just because she's been blessed with an arm that can make a circle and throw a strike to me is something we have to be really careful about. Well, Tori, I think you're touching on something really important because when I'm 11, 12, 13, 14, maybe even after that, if pitching goes away and I have not been working on my hitting, I've not fielded very many ground balls, I've not done any of these other things, my game might be very limited Right at that point, right? Where is if we were making those things important pieces for pitchers that uh, you know I might be able to 
you know, get more innings. Like you said, if we got a pitcher, they can play some right field. Yep. But uh, to make him pitcher only is pretty tough at a young age. Yeah, no, I, I hate that whole concept. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, my, my caveat was really simple. You know, if a pitcher proved that they were good enough to do other things, I would let them do other things. But they I, had to prove that they were capable of doing it. But that kind of comes back to what we're talking about now. Too many of these kids don't get a chance to show that they're capable of doing anything else. Well, and what you mentioned at the beginning, the the pitcher that is really good at might be your best field or might be your best hit or might be it's probably because they're working at it right and they're they're doing the things to become that better field or better hitter right yeah. so now when we're thinking about what we're doing from a training the pitcher's perspective so we have to have fielding built into what we're doing we have to have a component of that that has the pitcher working on fielding from an active position similar to what they would be in when they're pitching so one of the things I see all the time is pitchers just standing in the circle and they know somebody's going to hit them a ground ball. They hit them a ground ball and it has nothing to do with the position that they would be in or how they would look if they had just finished a pitch. So I think we have to make sure that they don't have to throw a pitch, but they certainly need the to motion. simulate the motion. Now we used to do a drill all the time that we called the two ball drill where the pitcher would throw a pitch, catcher would catch it. And I was pretty good at timing it so that I could hit them a ground ball. Like, uh, you know, I was pretty much making contact with the ball that I was fungoing. Simulating. The exact yeah. same time that the ball was crossing home plate. So it really did have the same kind of reaction tempo and time. reaction time. Yep. Um, now, I wasn't hitting blistering missiles right at their faces or anything like that. But again, just to make sure that we're building in some of that realistic fielding practice for the pitchers. Then the second part of that is we have to be building in an awful lot of the what's the right play, what's the right choice, where the ball should be going, the understanding of the position and the the pitching and fielding and softball IQ. With their backup role, so forth, right? Right. Because I can't tell you how many times I've watched balls get hit back to the pitcher and in their panic and shock that they even fielded the ball, that if they remember to throw it to first base, the only place they're thinking about throwing it is first base. There's some confusion, that, right. that moment of confusion. Where um, we've had, you know, let's say a really slow runner at third, you know, bases loaded situation where she could have corralled it, kicked it, rolled it, picked it up, and picked threw it up, it home. and run home and probably beat the runner home. Right. But because they're so petrified and so uh, unaware of the surroundings that they didn't know the other options. And so that's something I think we have to build into the training for the pitching position too. So you know, we always talk about, you know, all the positions should have a, a pre-play routine where they're talking through what the options are, kind of a pre-play plan of what could happen. Well, the pitchers need that too. Now for them, their, their plan is a little bit different. I got to throw a great curveball and if the ball gets hit back to me, if it's hit hard, I'm going here. If it gets hit soft, I'm going here. If it's a bunt, I'm going here. And they have to get in the habit of doing all those things. I love and appreciate pitchers that are able to field their position and throw well overhand. Right. I mean, if we're going to try and turn two on a ball right back at them, for them to be able to give a good feed to a shortstop, I think is exciting and impressive and important in the overall game. And Nothing more frustrated than a, a pitcher that has issue throwing overhand. Right. That's tough. Well, and honestly, there's no easier double. Well, the two easiest double, double plays in the world are one, two, three. Ground ball to the pitcher, she throws it home, home and goes to first. first. And the second one is hard ground ball to the pitcher, shortstop to first. Because the ball's not taking any extra bounces. She's just got to make a good, strong throw. It's an easy throw for the shortstop to handle, and it should be an easy double play. 
but it only happens, as you said, if she can actually throw it and doesn't freak out because the ball got hit to her. In a panic. Right. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we've talked about the defensive part of this. We got to work really hard on that. Third thing is, you know, to my way of thinking, we have got to allow the pitchers to be involved in the other aspects of the game. So they need to have a secondary position, which they're practicing. They need to be hitting. They need to be running the bases. They need to be doing all that fun stuff until we get to a point in their lives where they've clearly gotten to the point where their pitching is so amazing that they can ride that wave. And even then, I hate that we do it, but I think you know the only time I can really understand it is if we're talking about a great pitcher at the college level. And even then, you still see the exceptions. You know, um, uh, Megan Faramo a couple of years ago was hitting for UCLA, was clearly their number one pitcher, and was hitting home runs and game-winning hits. But I think we want to make sure that we're allowing that pitcher to be as involved in the game as every other player and doing as much of the stuff as all the other kids. No, I think that's exciting for sure. There's tons of little details like you're talking about that could be practiced from bunt defenses to backup roles to pop-up communications. You know, pitch outs. How how often do we work on pitch outs? And we've seen that be... uh, Screwed up at the college level. Oh gosh! But but that that's something that's an instant. I mean, we have to do it so much that it's just routine, right? Because I do it every day, so it's no problem today when everybody's watching, right? Well, and the other thing about allowing players to do the you know your pitchers to do the other things, you can learn a lot about how to handle a play on defense when you're a base runner. If I'm a really slow person and somebody hits a ball, and I see, hey, I'm going to second, but she could have gotten me by 30 feet if she had thrown it. Guess what you're thinking about? Well, if I was her, I could have gotten her by 30 feet if I had thrown it. So you're learning. You're learning learning because you're on the other side. Yeah, you're on the other side of the equation. If you're a hitter, and you think, wow, I really love hitting the certain pitch. Well, then when you step back out on the mound, you're thinking, well, I'm left-handed, she's left-handed. I really like this, this pitch. Yeah. I bet you she might like this one too. So maybe I'm already thinking about the strategy of what might work better and those kinds of things. So I just think. But if so you're never many, hitting, then you're not. Right. You're not thinking about what hitters side. do. Yeah. Right. And so then we're missing out on so much of the potential knowledge and, and experience that we should be gaining. So pitching is position number one. First one we're going to talk about. We've talked about a lot of things about that position today. Hopefully it's giving you some things to think about. If there's things that we missed and things that you think we should add to the discussion, please send us an email at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com, either one of those email addresses. Coach Don and I want to really talk about stuff that you're interested in. We're always looking for feedback and stuff like that. So make sure you go to our fastpitchprep.com website, check out the uh, blogs and the YouTube channel, order your Square Cuts training discs there. They're $49.95 a dozen. Make sure you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, and make sure you think about becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We really can and would appreciate the support um, and certainly do appreciate all the patrons that we have on board with us right now. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening.